don't be afraid to be the squeaky wheel. Like that's the biggest thing. Do not walk out of that doctor's appointment until you have your questions answered. They are there for you. And they will also try to rush out, not on them, but they're trying to see 30 people so that they get enough insurance payment to pay their bills. That's Mm -hmm. the way insurance and medicine works. So not anything bad on the doctors, but it's what they do. They're trying to rush out. But if you ask them questions, they cannot rush out. So have your list of questions in addition to your notes, write them all down and go down the list and don't let them walk out of that room until you've asked all your questions. If you think of one the next day, call the office, talk to the nurse. There's a lot of great um, medical stuff online now where you can talk to your doctor and leave them questions. So be the squeaky wheel because that's the only way you'll get answers, honestly. Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast, where we talk about taking messy action, knowing that perfect is boring. I'm Leslie Logan, Pilates instructor and fitness business coach. I've trained thousands of people around the world, and the number one thing I see stopping people from achieving anything is self-doubt. My friends, action brings clarity, and it's the antidote to fear. Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. Hey, be it babe. This is for you. This interview is for you. I am so excited to bring back a guest. Um, She's one of my dearest, dearest friends. You'll hear me introduce her, but also she is truly someone who is here to help with this subject. And something I've seen in my own health history and then also and my clients that I work with and the people that I coach in my own family, just women around me, is how many are going through a health struggle that no one knows anything about. And either they have not been able to find an answer or it's taken them years and years and years. And I know that every single one of you listening to this is here on this planet to make a difference in the world, like truly. And even if you're listening to this going, Leslie, I don't have a podcast. I'm not on social media. I'm not creating anything. I don't care. <laughs> those things make an impact for those they make an impact for. You can make an impact with your neighbor. You can make an impact with somebody walking down the street that you smile at and you help, right? You make more of an impact than you think. And especially if you are in line waiting for your kid at school and you share something going on with you health-wise with someone who can then go, you too? So that's what this conversation is about. Jessica Volant is back and um, we are here to talk about women's health and it's because she has her own journey with it. I have a different journey, but there are so many moments in there that I just wanted to like pause and just like almost have the team rerun what she said. So feel free to pause and rewind so you get that because it's so important that you hear this episode. It's so important. I say this later. I will say it now because you need to hear it so many times. If you are not confident and comfortable having health conversations with people in your life, then share this episode with them so that you can start the conversation in a way that feels a little bit more like, hey, did you hear that? Hey, did you hear that? I understand. It's okay. I felt so weird in my life telling people what was going on with me. I mean, literally by the time people heard I was suffering, I was almost dying That's literally what the person who looked at my results on my test said. He's like, I don't know how you're here. And it's because part of the time I just stopped advocating for myself and was like, well, this is just going to be the life I live. And then I got frustrated with that and I would start again. 
and then they would make it worse. And I got to a place where I was really not well. And I don't know if I could have gone very many weeks longer like that. And so I'm so grateful for the different little angels that came in my life to make me feel like I wasn't alone and there were options. And so I really cannot wait for you to dive into this interview and I'm going to stop talking so you can. And please, 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 please send this to a friend so that we all start hearing that like some of the stuff that no one is talking about, everyone is often going through or knows someone who is. We can change the world. We can have bigger impacts and help people solve their issues or at least have answers sooner. If we stop, just pin it to ourselves and not let anyone know because it's embarrassing or, or maybe we feel like we shouldn't be going through that. So I love you. Here's Jessica Blunt. loves it's here opc summer camp you know that thing we started last year well we're doing it again this year and we're making it bigger and better than ever because we have teachers from all over the world which means all day long you can nerd out with me at camp zoom from the comfort of your own home in your favorite pilates workout outfit without having to get bugs or dirt or weird camp food that's like some weird slot no you can have the amazing food from your own home you can be whatever clothes you want to be in and you can join us all day long for whatever workouts and workshops you sign up for in fact you can even do a whole day pass and save the most money in fact, up to 56% off if you buy the day pass. So go to opc.me slash events to see the full schedule and lineup of events. If you only have access to a mat, we've got plenty of stuff for you. We've got Reformer. We've got some happy hip Reformer with you. We've got so many amazing things. You can go to opc.me slash events to see the whole schedule, all 14 teachers, and all the goodness that's going to happen at Camp Zoom. And I'm your camp director. Woo! All right, be it listeners. I'm so excited because I actually have one of our one of our original guests actually back here on the pod. I am so excited. Not only is she a dear friend and just a beautiful freaking human being. If you don't already know her, you will see that as you get to know her. Um, but she is such an advocate for women and their health. And I'm um, just excited to have her share that with you and help us all because I think our health as women can hold us back from a lot of things. And it can be not only frustrating, but embarrassing. And even taking away some confidence that we could have in this world. So Jessica Vallant, hello. Hi, friend. How are you? Uh, you know what? Any excuse to talk to you? I'm great. I know. <laughs> I know. I don't know. People listening probably don't know it's the end of Friday. For me, this is the end of my work day. It's kind of early, but I have to get the kids after this. I'm like, there is no better way to end my Friday than this and transfer into the weekend. It's perfect. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. I, yes. Anyways, agreed. Um. I get to teach a Pilates workout after this, so okay. well, that's fun it's still going to be fun. It's live, yeah. so people are there, and then I will do a happy oh, hour with fun. them. So, <laughs> so it's so I, you're like you're part of the finale. Yeah. Um, Great. So, Jessica, can you tell everyone a little bit about who you are and even um, like your your journey getting here with yeah. your health and things like that? For sure. So, um, yes, my name is Jessica. I've been a physical therapist and a Pilates teacher for 20. I always have to look at the date. I'm like, what? Like 22 years about thereabouts <laughs> now. <laughs> I graduated from PT school in 2000. So I, um, I mean, to be honest, I never thought I would be in women's health ever. Like it was mm -hmm. not something I wanted. It wasn't, I was like, I'm going to work with athletes and orthopedic injuries. And I wanted to work with brain injuries. So I had this whole different view of what my career would be, as we all do, probably usually. And then I, my first foray into my own issues happened early 2000s 
And basically I started going to the hospital with a lot of abdominal pain. I had every test under the sun. I mean, I was 24 and I had a colonoscopy and I know you understand some of this stuff Mm -hmm. and ultrasounds and everything. And no one could figure out what it was. And I just knew I was in pain and I didn't know what was going on. I had a lot of back pain. I saw PT. Anyway, finally I had a doctor who said, this might be endometriosis. Why don't we go in and have surgery? Cause it's the only way to diagnose it. So in 2005, I had surgery and lo and behold, I woke up and they said, yes, you have endometriosis. Um, there's no cure for it. You're going to have to manage it and not sure if you want to have kids, but that's going to be really hard for you and good luck. And it kind of sent me on my way. So it was really my very first time of understanding that movement and health had a whole different purpose other than how we looked, you know, other than, oh, I work out so I can eat a donut tomorrow. (laughs) That kind of was all put to the side in that, okay, if I want to manage this and not be defined by it, because as many women know, if you go on Dr. Google and try to find information, it's pretty scary out there. They don't understand women's health and there's a lot of scary things. So I knew I didn't want to be one of those stories and that I wanted to do everything I could to not be defined by my diagnosis. So it started to change how I looked at a lot of different things and taking care of myself. And then along the way, um, I did, I was able to have our daughter and then I experienced severe prolapse after that. And then I went through IVF with our son and then had prolapse surgery and two more endo surgeries and a hysterectomy. So along the way, I kind of realized, okay, universe. I'm pretty sure I'm in the women's health field now because this is what I know about. And, you know, that's just a whole other lesson really in business and finding a niche, but what you know about and what you experience can really define how you walk through the world. And that's what it did for me. You know, having kids changed how I see the world and being a woman and experiencing healthcare and everything that comes with it, good and bad. I remember sharing my first story and being really nervous. And I'm like, I'll write about endo. And the response I got was just out of control. I couldn't believe it. And still to this day, 90% of the messages I get are from women. Thank you for sharing about your prolapse. Thank you for talking about hysterectomy. No one does. No one does. No one's positive. And I just realized, okay, that's that's really the road I'm going to go down because um, it's not talked about and there's not a positive outlet for people looking for answers. And so I realized it was a void I could fill. And I think it helped me heal as well along the way. Talking about it has always helped me heal. So I think it's a combination of those things. And that's where I am now. Yeah. Wow. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing that so that everyone could kind of be on, um, can understand why you care and why this is such a passion for you. I mean, similarly, I had very interesting health issues where no one could know. And I had a doctor say to me, I think you have endometriosis, but I cannot tell you because of that, of the surgery part. And also he said, you are on your parents' health insurance and I don't want it to be a pre-existing condition. He said, so don't go looking for answers until you actually need them, which is like <laughs> when your doctor is like, don't do it because there is no help for you. And then your insurance will be more expensive. Right. Was, <laughs> right. You know, and right. So- it's almost like our first limitation right away is, is insurance. And I know you even put this on your story the other day without getting into details, mm-hmm. but just talking about having to be an advocate for yourself for years. Yep. And it's absolutely true that ha- that is one thing I'll say off the bat. It takes work 
to get answers for yourself. It takes work to be an advocate for yourself. Like I think both you and I would say that hands up, hands down, it's going to take work and it's worth it, but it does. You have to be willing to put your head down and learn a lot of terms you don't want to know and get on the phone and a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, I, I'll share. Cause I think it's, um, I, I had an IOD because I needed to, they, first of all, they couldn't get my period to come back. So this is like how they did it <laughs> because I couldn't be on hormones. So thankfully a, a doctor, a lovely doctor along the way was like, you had a blood clot because you can't be on hormones. Like that's where you're at. And, um, so anyways, it put me on a copper IUD and then I couldn't find anyone to get it out because they couldn't find it. And I even went to Planned Parenthood and this is to knock that, not knock that. I don't want to knock them or anything like yeah. that, but like I went somewhere thinking, oh, I'll go there because my health insurance is not going to let me remove this on the same day appointment. So I'll just go to them and they'll be able to remove it. And they couldn't find it. And they said I had to get a referral to go to someone special. Mm -hmm. And it really was me having to be an advocate so much so that I actually had to hire someone to find me an appointment. I was like, I just and I think I share that because like it's okay if you have to find an advocate. There are there actually are people out there who will help you. But it's important that we don't let these obstacles get in our way because had you let these obstacles get in your way, mm -hmm. you not only would you not maybe have the kids that you have in the life you have, but like there'd be a different story and you wouldn't oh, be absolutely. who you are. So like how, how, how hard was it to advocate for yourself? And like, what, what, what are the conversations you had to have with yourself to get I along know. the way? I, and those are such good questions. So for endo alone, it's an average of seven years for a woman to get a correct diagnosis. And not that everyone has endo, but there, I say that to say that women's health reproductive health is there's still a big mystery around it. Um, like we're just now finding out research that endometriosis has a connection to hypermobility, which has a connection to anxiety. I mean, that we know that they are connected. And so when your body is telling you something, listen, like that's the first thing you can do is listen and write it down, write it down so that you don't start to feel like you're a little bit crazy because we can feel that way ourselves. Like, did I feel that? Did I not? Is it my period? Is it not? Is it like, there's so many things it could be. So start writing it down. Like, oh, my stomach hurt after that meal. That was different. Oh, this, you know, whatever it is, I would say, start writing it down for yourself. And so that you have it maybe to present for someone, but if nothing else, have it for yourself, listen, and just start to know if that feels right to you or not. And the first thing you do is really go to your doctor. I would go to the lowest barrier of entry, whoever it is, like you said, with insurance, wherever you can go first and say, I'm feeling these things. Tell me what this might mean. Like just have a conversation. And that's the first place you can go to see what might be next. You know, do they have an answer for you? How do you feel with that answer? It can take a year or two. So you have to be ready for one step at a time, but just make sure you're talking to someone who's listening to you. And if they're not, find someone else. Because I remember seeing someone in college had these weird growths on my legs. And I saw a doctor and he said, you're probably getting drunk and falling down the stairs. Oh, my. What? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I went, I went back home with my parents and saw my original pediatrician. He's like, no. And he pulled out a medical book. He talked me through it. He's like, this is this weird thing you have, which later I realized is kind of related to endo. I had, didn't have my endo diagnosis yet. So being a 20 year old, I just left that office crying and didn't know what else to do. I'm like, well, that's it. I don't have anyone else to see. Mm -hmm. So just knowing that you are important enough to be heard by somebody and maybe it even takes a virtual appointment, you know, or something. But I think that's the first thing is 
trying to create a way to listen to yourself and what your body's telling you, because a lot of us have never actually listened to our bodies. Yeah. Or if we have, we don't listen in a positive way. We excuse so, it away. We are, yeah. oh, it's because I ate that thing. I wasn't supposed to eat that yeah. thing. Oh, it's because yeah. I'm not sleeping. It's because I'm stressed out. And I love, I want to reiterate, like I love that you said, like write it down. This is really mm -hmm. helpful for me with my stomach issues because I was able to say to a doctor who gave me some weird thing like that. And the y'all, he said that I had, he's like, are you sure you don't have body dysmorphia? And I said, I'm probably do now um, <laughs> after 10 yes. years of stomach issues. And my weight fluctuating up and down and not actually yep. knowing what my actual body looks like. Like, I actually don't mm -hmm. even know <laughs> yep. what I was supposed sure. to look like. I said, but I have pictures of what I look like in the morning and what I look yeah. like at night. So how, like, you can't say that to me. And he, yep. he sent me to the infectious disease unit to go get tested for AIDS. Like, I'm in the Ebola unit, everyone. Like, that was a whole thing. And I was like, and the doctor said to me, she looked at me as a woman and she said, do you know why you're here? And I said, no. I think my doctor is giving up on me. And she's like, are you satisfied with your doctor? And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not satisfied. But it was because I, but because I had all the stress and that's the thing, like the stress of going to these doctors yeah. can be really, can also exacerbate other issues. Yes. So having to going back to writing things down because I had a log of when, like what, how I felt in the morning and how I felt at night. Um, and if it was different, I had like what I ate that day. And then um, also, when my period was and how that affected it, it allowed me to see what was more period related versus what yeah. was like actually happening when that wasn't happening. So I I couldn't agree more. And yes, it's effort, but there are things like otter.ai. My team will put the link in the in the show notes. Y'all, you can literally walk and talk and it will just yeah. do it for yep. you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Take the notes. And my other thing I always tell every patient, women's health or otherwise, Take someone with you to the appointments if you can. And I know we're not always in this position whatsoever to do that. But if you can take a trusted friend, family member with you, when a lot of information is thrown at you, and especially when you're the one it's about, and so there's some fear with it, you won't hear everything. There, it's just mm -hmm. impossible to, and you'll forget what to ask. You'll forget your own symptoms that are a big deal. I mean, how do we all know as practitioners that we have C clients who are like, oh, by the way like two days later, I forgot this major part of my health history that I should have told you because <laughs> we just forget, you know, we forget. So take someone with you. It will help practically, not only to have someone to support you, but just practically it helps someone to start that journey to have another ear to listen and voice to speak. Yeah. Um, my first, uh, assistant and if she's listening, hi, Lindsay, um, she actually created a course for us because now what she does is patient advocacy and she actually talks to um she talks to doctors about how to be better with patients yeah. <laughs> and i hope i'm not biffing that lindsay uh and then she also had we actually have a course on profitable pilates on how to be an advocate for people because um as teachers as even a, a physical therapist our clients do and i know everyone listening is not a teacher but like you have if you have people in your life they say things to you and they say, I don't want to do that. They're going to want me to do this, but I don't want to take any pain meds because I don't want to do that. It's important that they either write that down. That's what she said. Write it down, mm -hmm. but they can take it to the doctor and say, okay, in the script, they want to put it on pain meds. Is there an alternative way that doesn't include pain meds or mm -hmm. having someone there to say, hey, remember 
you mentioned something. Is there is there another alternative to pain yep. meds? They don't want to be on them because they're worried about this. Like it's yep. that kind of. So she actually taught us how to help our clients be their own advocate, or in the case that we might be able to advocate, yes. like what that would look like. And so it really is as simple as like if someone around you is complaining, go. You know, we've been said that a lot. So let's write yep. that down. So the next time you yep. see your doctor, you can talk about it. So you don't forget. Absolutely. Yes, I think that's. And I would say those are the three biggest things. Yeah, write things down find someone to be some kind of support system for you, hopefully in the appointments if you can. And then also don't be afraid to be the squeaky wheel. Like that's the biggest thing. Do not walk out of that doctor's appointment until you have your questions answered. They are there for you. And they will also try to rush out, not on them, but they're trying to see 30 people so that they get enough insurance payment to pay their bills. That's Mm -hmm. the way insurance and medicine works. So not anything bad on the doctors, but it's what they do. They're trying to rush out. But if you ask them questions, they cannot rush out. So have your list of questions in addition to your notes, write them all down and go down the list and don't let them walk out of that room until you've asked all your questions. If you think of one the next day, call the office, talk to the nurse. There's a lot of great um, medical stuff online now where you can talk to your doctor and leave them questions. So be the squeaky wheel because that's the only way you'll get answers, honestly. Yeah, you're you're so correct on that. And you know. There is a push for them to say, to stop calling us patients and start calling us clients because that's what we are. You paid, whether you pay your, you paid your insurance, you paid your copay, you paid. And so as a client, (laughs) you know, there's just, um, it, it allows us to, not that I want any doctors listening. I'm not trying to knock anything that you do. You went to a lot of schooling, but also like to, because of that way it's seen as a hierarchical there in the white coat, I'm down here. I don't know anything. They're super smart. We do, especially as women, we don't want to be disruptive. We don't want to actually take up too much of their time. We don't want to take up too much of the space in the room. We don't want to be seen as crazy or yeah. hormonal or any of yeah. the things that have any thing about that that could be negative about us. So we tend to put them way higher up and then not actually stand up for ourselves. Yep. 100%. You have to, it's your body. Um, yeah, it's your body. It's your life. You have to live with it. And that is exactly what women think. And, and that's, that is the way it is. It's brushed off many, many times. And so you do, you have to, you have to be willing to put in the work and be listened to Yeah, and that you matter. You have to know you matter. Like that could be the like whole mic drop of the podcast. (laughs) Um, was there anything, you know, Jessica, you, you have been a physical therapist for 22 years and you were, I know, running your own business at the time. Like, was there anything when you're going through this health stuff that like was, did it keep you from doing other things? Did it keep you from showing up in your life in any way? Or was it like kind of something you just learned how to balance? I think some of both. Um, especially some of the emotional part. Like I can look back and there are really specific times that I had to sneak into a client room and close the door. And I was having stomach cramps so bad on the ground and didn't know why. And I had to hide until I could pull it together. So there were really concrete times like that. And then times I was recovering from surgery that I would be teaching and tell everyone, Hey, I can't demonstrate that move for six months. Um, just so you know, but this is what you're going to do. And then there was a lot of emotional baggage, I think, with it, especially during the IVF stuff Mm. that I, and I just constantly knew, I think this is a lesson maybe I learned a long time ago and we all do it. Like as a women, we all try to write, hide it and be like, I'm fine. I'm fine. So there was 
that probably not the good part, but also I did always walk in every time I walked into my day, I thought they don't need my problems. Like my clients, that's not why they're here at all. So I didn't really talk about it and, and I didn't share it at the time. And I tried to hold it back. And now it's been really interesting with my career different and having a chance to talk about all of it because it is on video and podcasts and blogs how many people relate to it. I think, gosh, there's got to be a halfway point that we do share because it's the only way other people know they're not alone. Because like you said at the beginning, women's issues can be really embarrassing. I mean, I put out a video about sex after hysterectomy. And again, so many DMs saying, thank you, thank you. I'm so embarrassed. It hurts. I don't know what to expect. Incontinence, you know, is a big one. There are a lot of embarrassing things. So the more we can find a way to share in whatever way is natural for us, not everyone needs to put it out in a blog post, but sharing with anyone, even just your friend down the street or a mom at pickup, it makes all of us realize we're not so alone. Well, and I think like I hid my stomach issues for years and most people just thought I was getting skinnier and I would wear like I would start the day in the tank top and then I'd end the day with a sweatshirt. And so no one saw they were just like, oh, it's cold in here, <laughs> you know. But then when I finally solved the problem, and I started sharing it. And also because like I was actually absorbing nutrition. So I started to look like a person who wasn't walking around dying. Um, people were like, oh, I feel that I have that. I have those same pains. And then I was like, well, crap, like was I me not sharing, was I holding right. people back from getting help sooner right. or even me getting help sooner, you know? And so, um, so it's not like we should all be taking medical advice from our friends, but like, at least, at least with people around you, just sharing like, Hey, you know, I'm a little today. I'm a little, I'm not going to be demonstrated because I've got some stomach stuff. Like just saying it yeah. just so people can go, Oh yeah. Like, even if they just like becomes a little more natural to share, like it's okay to have something right. going on. Right. Um, right. That, so it's not weird. And so that it is yeah. just part of life. And then maybe doctors can actually figure out why the heck <laughs> some women are yeah. super stressed out and causing yep. themselves to not sleep and not go through digest- digestion or anything else. And I, especially with IVF, like I had so many clients going through that and I knew their struggle cause I had to, yeah. but their friends didn't know. And so yeah. when they would lose babies they wanted they i'm the only person who knows and i was like this is this can this is thank you but i mm-hmm. you need to have other people in your life who can support you through this yeah and they just the whole tradition of not telling anyone mm-hmm. is there and that made it really hard so i think like i think it is important even if you even if you just tell one other woman in your life what's yeah. going on just so that they can either, maybe they know another woman who's going through the same thing, or I know I'm so grateful for my girlfriends who are a little bit older, who are hitting like menopause and they're like telling me what's going on. I'm like, what? I wasn't told that. (laughs) No one told me that. Yes. (laughs) When is this going to happen in my life? (laughs) Yep. Exactly. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'm like, like, when is it coming? Was I supposed to get a magazine in the mail? You know, like ARP, Mm -hmm. was that supposed to happen? I know. How do I find out this information? I know. I was just talking to Brian about perimenopause this morning. It was so hot. And I'm like, oh my gosh, because I'm never hot. I'm like, what's happening? Is this happening? Is this what's happening? What's happening? (laughs) I don't know. And honestly, to be able to laugh about it too is so nice because I, I don't know, maybe it's our mom's generation, you know, something. It was hidden. It was embarrassing. It was like, oh, that hidden thing. I don't know what that is. I don't know what's even happening. 
I'm like, we're all getting, I mean, I'm 44. We're all getting older, not getting younger. And so it's really nice to walk with people who I love and admire and support. I'm like, oh, we can talk about this and laugh. And I'm still me. Like Mm -hmm. I am still me. And every woman who comes to me, if you've had a prolapse, if your bladder is literally hanging out, if you have to pee your pants, when you jump rope, you are still you, you're still a beautiful, empowered human being. And you're still strong. Like nothing changes that it's only society that's told us otherwise. Um, so yeah, to have people to laugh with, I think is important. Yeah. So I, I hope as you're listening to this, you got grabbing your girlfriends and like, maybe you're just like, Hey, can we just share a little bit? Because I even like, even just like even reading your stories and your posts, I'm like, Oh, Oh, I actually, you know, I can't jump rope right now. Right. Why can't I jump rope? Like I don't. Yeah. Like I would go to a gym and they put jump oh, roping no. and I'm like, oh, I'll do I could do ice skater. So I yeah. like could ice skate, but like the actual mm-hmm. act of jumping rope. Oh yeah. And so I was like, that's so interesting. I didn't know that that was a bad like not a bad thing, but like a yeah. thing I should be concerned about at my right. age. <laughs> so yeah. then I like went and did some research and I went and did some exercises and now when my hair bun is not in, I can jump rope, you know? So like, I think it's, um, I think it's just, it's so interesting that we're all just supposed to go through life and like keep all these things. And like this, and this picture that everything is fine. Everything is perfect. Everything is wonderful. When all that does is actually make all of us feel a little bit more like an imposter and a little bit more held back. And, and because we're not telling people it is holding us back in our career. Those are those are hours and days that you like yes. had to be at work longer or you pro- or like even there, there were things that I did not sign up for. Like when I yep. was in modeling and commercials, I would tell my agents, I have to do gigs that are in the morning. Yep. If they're in the evening, I can't promise I'll be the size they hired, yeah. <laughs> you know? And those things are like, that was, that was, uh, another layer of stress and, and, and feeling like I wasn't good enough and maybe I should just quit this. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's yep. a lot. For sure. And I think too, we're told, especially by doctors and medical community, we're told that things are normal. You know, like, oh, I'm peeing some after I give birth. That's normal. Well, it hurts with sex. Like I endometriosis pain with sex can be a really big symptom. And I remember before my surgery is telling my doctor and she's like, Yeah, it's too bad. You just need to take some Advil before you have sex sex every time. Like, uh huh. Really? Like I was 22. I'm like, really? That That's what I need to do. Okay. So we're kind of told all these things are, you're a woman, that's normal. And I tell people it's not, it's common. Yes. Like don't feel crazy. This is very common actually. Incontinence, all of that is very common, but don't for a second think it's normal and you just have to live with it because it is not. None of those conditions are normal. There are so many things we can do for it in pelvic floor physical therapy and exercise and so many things. So yes, it's common. Don't feel like there's anything wrong with you. You didn't do anything wrong to get to the, this point, but don't just let doctors say that's normal and leave their oh, answers. Jessica, that is like amazing. I really hope you all heard that because I think that that there is that word normal that is used in place of common. And if they were to say this is common and if it is something that is bothering you and holding you back from being a human being, we should look for more yep. options for you. Yep. And that is, I'm, um, we had Dr. Celeste Hallbrook on. She's a sexologist. Oh, mm-hmm. um, and her, she waited till she got married. She's in the purity culture. And they had sex and it was miserably painful. And yeah. she's like, what was the first time? So then they did it again. And for a year, it was painful. And her doctor's response was, 
will get pregnant and then it will stretch out. And then, <laughs> and, yep. Yep. and, and they would said, never tell a man that. Ever, no, by the way, and it, that infuriated me so much because, and then the irony is, when she did get pregnant, they had to have a C-section because she, oh, yeah, she had two, she had twins, <laughs> so she had to have a C-section, so it wouldn't have worked anyways. And right. she's like, she's like, these that was so wrong because responsibility is like the thing that keeps you from wanting to have sex. So then I wouldn't have been having sex anyway. So, yeah. um, but she, you know, that that happened to to her. And I hear these things that they say and they, my girlfriend was trying to get pregnant and I knew they were struggling. And I said, Oh, has he gone to the doctor to get checked? And they said, Oh, my doctors don't want him to, this is waste his sperm. They like, don't. And I'm like, what? They, it's not, they don't have, we have, we have a limited amount. (laughs) Homeboy can go put it in there in the thing and they can test it. And it's not hard. And and it's going to be, you're going to still have an amazing baby the next year. It's not like there's good sperm and like it gets old or like it. I was like so frustrated by that. Yeah. She's like, I know, but that's what they said. And I said, no. I don't care. He no. can go make an appointment. He doesn't need a referral. He can just no. go. Like, so it's so frustrating to me that there's always a responsibility on us. And then oh. also there's this, oh, well, it's normal. And, yep. you know, it can take some time. And, right. and so I just, I think it's, it is hard. I know you all are listening to this and you have so many other things on your plate and being advocate for your own health is a whole thing. Yes. But it is essential, not just for you, but for every other woman around you that comes because you can help pave the way. You can help find the doctors. And, and it can be from just simply asking someone, hey, I'm looking for another doctor X. Do you have yep. a recommendation? When I moved to Vegas, we have to find all new everything, right? And so I literally found someone who I was like, oh, I get along with her well. And so I said, who do you go to? And like, yep. do you feel heard when you go there? And she's like, oh, here's my list. Like gave me her whole list. Yep. And so I could go down that list and figure out like, do I like this person? Do I like this? And it, it at least helps like narrow yep. down the search. Yeah, for sure. And if you need to start somewhere, I actually recommend pelvic floor physical therapy. If you're having any of these things, if, it, okay. if you're having pain with sex, incontinence, pelvic floor pain. Um, diastasis recti, if you're postpartum, um, any of that kind of stuff, prolapse. And a lot of times you can go without even having to see your doctor. So call your PCP or call your OBGYN. Say, I'd like to go see um, a pelvic floor physical therapist. And honestly, sometimes you don't even need referrals. It just depends on your state and your insurance. And if you're even using insurance, And sometimes you only need one or two visits with a good pelvic floor physical therapist, but they are going to be able to give you some good information and they have the time to listen to you and they'll check it all out. And that can be a really good team member to then send you to the next place. So I think that's a good start if you already have a diagnosis and you're just kind of at a loss for answers and you just want to talk through things. There's some great virtual options where you don't even have to leave your house like this week. I probably had saw four people and I think they were all women's health. And a lot of it, it's just, I was told I have this. I don't know what to do. I live an hour from a doctor. I was told I can't exercise. Is that true? And we just talk for an hour and give them a plan. And then sometimes I don't even have to see them again. So just having someone, yeah, to, that yeah. you can talk your story. Someone's listening and can give you a few really concrete action items that can help too. Well, and first, I've never met like a pelvic floor therapist who doesn't like freaking love what they do. Like they love that's that's a very specialized thing. And they go into Mm -hmm. that and and that you're right. They they do listen. Also, 
because when you go to that person for those one of those reasons or just mm-hmm. wondering if it's one of those reasons, they've seen so many people that they get to like look back and go, oh, yeah, I've actually had a patient with similar things. And here's like, you just like it's yeah. uh, when you go to a PCP, your primary care physician, they see a lot of people that a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. So when you go to someone who's a little bit more specialized in the thing, it's a little bit easier to get to your answer or some 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 sort of path to a solution yep. that works for you. Yep. Yeah. I love that yeah. suggestion. Oh yep. my gosh, Jessica, you are a wealth of knowledge on this topic. Um, <laughs> and we could keep going because there's so many different parts of women's health that we could talk about, but I really am grateful that you let me open up this conversation for our listeners because, yep. um, they're all women mostly. Mm-hmm. I mean, there might be a few good men in there and thank you, but they probably have women in their lives. So hopefully you send this yep. to them. And I think the more we can talk about it and normalize mm-hmm. talking about our health, I just see the world being a much better place for daughters yep. and kids, da- like all my friends' daughters. Like I, I like envy the world that they'll live in <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> with mm-hmm. all that information. We're going to take a brief pause and then find out where people can find out how they can follow you, get to know you more. Um, so one quick second. Hey loves, it's me, Leslie, and I am excited to talk about socks because we need to talk about socks all the time because I love being barefoot. I am not a fan of shoes. You'll rarely see me in shoes. Even when I have people at my house and they're in shoes, I am barefoot or I'm in my toe socks and Tavi Active socks. And the reason is that I've got tile floors and um, they're not so nice to my feet. So I do love a cute sock. And I also only use their socks when I am doing Pilates. I love that they have an amazing sticky gripness to them. It also, when I'm teaching in other people's studios, having those socks on keeps me from slipping around on a studio and really allows me to root where I'm planted. Plus they're freaking cute. Have you seen toe socks and Tavi's socks? I mean, my goodness, they are the cutest styles all the time. The Barbie socks, I can't get enough of. I think I need to buy three pairs. So here's the deal. I want you to get yourself a pair of toe socks or Tavi Active socks, and you can go to beatpod.com slash toe socks. That's going to take you over to toe socks. Feel free to explore a Tavi and you can use my discount code Leslie, that's L-E-S-L-E-Y to make sure you save some money on your socks because the reality is, is you should just get the most amazing, cutest socks and also save some money because you listen to this podcast. So make sure you check those out the next time you are looking for some socks to wear in Pilates, yoga, bar, or around your house like I do. Okay, Jessica, where do you like to hang out on the gram? Where can people go for more information to work with you? Um, I'm Jessica Vallant Pilates everywhere. Uh, Instagram, my website's Jessica Vallant Pilates, and then YouTube. And I have a ton of resources actually about all of this prolapse, hysterectomy, um, endometriosis. You can find it all on my website, a lot of free resources there, or you can honestly just go to YouTube to my YouTube channel. If you search anything, I'll have a lot of videos there where I talk about all my experiences and hysterectomy surgeries and prolapse surgeries and all of that stuff. Thank you. And bold, executable, intrinsic, or targeted action steps people can take to be it till they see it. What do you think? I think, and it's a great question, especially as related to women's health. I think um, I've been thinking a lot about the middle, meaning like we try always to strive to be the best, whether it's releasing a video, because that's our job, or whether it's to feel our best, I'm going to feel 100%, whatever it is. And we 
sometimes don't do anything until we think we're going to get right to that hundred percent. Like we don't release mm-hmm. something unless we think it's perfect. We don't, um, you know, do a workout until we feel a hundred percent better. And that's just not life. Most of the time, like most of the time we're living somewhere in the middle. We're not the worst, but we're not usually a hundred percent the best. So how can you live your best life in that middle space? And that's where we all are. And so if it is as related to women's health, just know that you are important. What you have to say is important. What you feel is important. And you should feel 100%. Like you should be able to get to that place. It just takes day-to-day action and it takes a plan and it takes you to believe in yourself and be an advocate to get there. But you can, but most of the time is spent in that middle. So take the time to know that this is your journey and it's okay to have this journey. And there's a lot of good that can come out of it. And then one day at a time, the process will get you where you want to go. Mm. So um, I love that you bring up the middle because everything is like the middle. There's actually a piece of art that Brene Brown talked about on a podcast. I heard her on at least a decade ago at this point. Mm-hmm. And um, she said there's a piece of art and it's like has like a start. And then it just says the middle, 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 the middle. And it just keeps going until the very bottom It is the end. And so like, really, we're all trying to get to 100 percent. But like, that's that's actually like, yes, that's great. And there are going to be days when you feel that way. And I woke up this morning going, today's going to be amazing. Why don't I wake up every morning like this? But also like. How do you find a middle where you can like live in that and thrive in that and yes. enjoy that so that you're not constantly looking for the finish line? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like endometriosis. It's not, I can't heal it. I can't fix it. But my golly, I can have an amazing, fulfilling, strong life right in the middle of it. And I'm, that's what I'm going to do. Mm. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being Thank here. You. Oh, I yeah. love you so much. Um, everyone, how are you going to use these tips? How are you going to use what she talked about? What are your takeaways? We want to hear about them. Please tag Jessica Volant Pilates and the Be It Pod and do us a massive favor. Do all the women in your life a massive favor. Share this. You don't, you're uncomfortable having this conversation right from where you are in your life. That is fine. That is completely normal. But even just sharing it so that you know your friends listening to it, and then maybe it's a little easier to talk about it, um, that is going to change lives around you and for generations to come. So uh, let us know you're going to use this. And until next time, be it till you see it. That's all I got for this episode of the Be It Till You See It podcast. One thing that would help both myself and future listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a review and follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, make sure to introduce yourself over at the Be It Pod on Instagram. I would love to know more about you. Share this episode with whoever you think needs to hear it. Help us and others be it till you see it. Have an awesome day. Be It Till You See It is a production of As The Crows Fly Media. It's written, produced, filmed, and recorded by your host, Leslie Logan, and me, Brad Kroll. Our associate producer is Amanda Fratarelli. Kevin Perez at Desenio handles all of our audio editing. 
Our theme music is by Ali at Apex Production Music. And our branding by designer and artist, Gianfranco Chofi. Special thanks to our designer, Jaira Mandal, for creating all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast. And our digital producer, Jay Pedroso, for editing all the video each week so you can't. And to Angelina Herrico for transcribing each of our episodes so you can find them on our website. And finally, to Meredith Kroll for keeping us all on point and on time. loves it's super important to me that supplements i take are of the highest quality and that's why for three years i've been drinking ag1 unlike many supplement brands ag1 is constantly searching for how to do things better at 52 iterations of their formula and counting their team is always trying to find better ways to source test and aim to find the best quality ingredients available i love this so much guys because so many people think i have to get it right the first time and they have done 52 different iterations i freaking love that so many people have asked me if ag1 is actually the real deal i really do drink it and trust me there's a reason why i've been drinking it for so long quality for ag1 isn't just a buzzword it's a commitment backed by expert-led scientific research high quality ingredients industry-leading manufacturing and rigorous Testing. At each step of the process, AG1 goes above and beyond industry standards. I know I can trust what's in every scoop of AG1 because it's tested for 950 contaminants and banned substances, while the industry standard typically only tests for 10. Holy moly. I know that, like, I'm a recovering overachiever over here, but I'm super glad AG1 isn't. Okay, so taking care of my health shouldn't be complicated, and AG1 simplifies this by replacing multiple health supplements like multivitamins, digestive aids, immune support, and more in just one simple scoop. It's literally just one scoop. It's one scoop in one bottle of water. It's amazing. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop also includes prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes for gut support. Y'all know I've had gut stuff, so that's why I've been doing it for so long. I've partnered with AG1 for so long because they make such a high quality product that I genuinely look forward to drinking every day. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash be it. That's drinkag1.com slash B-E-I-T. Check it out.